Hello everyone and welcome to the Uninformed Handball Hour. Uh, this episode is really one for the handball nerds, particularly from the English-speaking countries, because we're going to go all emerging nations on you today. We're talking IHF Superglobe, but it's on next week, the Pan American Games, and the first qualification round of the World Handball Championship 2025 in November 2023. Alex Gillesh is here with me, Chris O'Reilly. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing great, Chris. I'm excited for this chat. Uh, we... <laughs> This is a bonus episode for all of our Patreon listeners uh, because we, we thought that you, you have to be a real fan to, to follow the teams that we're talking about. But uh, it's something that we like doing on this podcast, uh, supporting the English-speaking nations who traditionally have not been at the top of handball, let's say. And today we get to speak about Australian handball, USA handball, and a bit of Great British handball. So... Uh, exciting stuff going on across all of those uh, nations and uh, a lot of progress from uh, from those countries and teams. So it's a nice point to check in uh, and see what's going on there. We'll be speaking to Dan Reed, uh, who is a goalkeeper for University of Queensland Handball Club, which has qualified for the first time, the men's team for the first time for the IHF Superglobe. They beat Sydney Uni uh, to get to the competition which starts on the 7th of November. Uh, Daniel is also a Patreon member uh, and an active participant in our Discord, so we're really happy to have him on. And with all of that, it was a miracle that we even got to speak to him. Not because of any unavailability, but it's because there's a 14-hour time difference between me in Boston and uh, Daniel in Queensland, but we managed to get it done. Yeah, that was impressive, I have to say, and uh, really appreciate Dan at 11 o'clock at night after a training session uh, with UQ to have a chat with us. Which of the uh, competitions should we start with? I think uh, I, I kind of want to start with uh, the Pan Am Games. So we're recording this also uh, while the Pan Am Games are happening right now and the USA are facing Uruguay in what is a crunch game. So we might do some live commentary on that and what we say at the beginning of the podcast might be completely irrelevant by the time it comes out <laughs> yeah the, the pattern games are it's, it's a funny competition because this is an olympic style tournament so you know it, it's a multi-sport tournament based in santiago in chile this year uh on the handball side there are eight teams competing you've got the the big dogs in uh brazil and argentina in there but there's an interesting kind of second nation battle going on um, with the likes of Uruguay, Cuba, USA, um, all competing. And uh, to date, USA have had a pretty good competition. Um, they beat Cuba in, as you put it, Chris, the sweatiest game of all time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was. 
<laughs> and I mean the sweatiest game of all time because uh, there were 39 turnovers in the match, uh, which I don't think, you know, Alex, you and I have been in some sweaty games in the past. I still, I don't think we've been in a game where <laughs> there's been 39 turnovers. At least not evenly split between two teams. No, you true. know, we, yeah, we may true. have conceded 39 tur- turnovers <laughs> against some big teams. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a game and you could really feel the tension in it and uh, it's a group that group in particular I'm really interested in with Uruguay USA Cuba and Argentina because well Argentina looked like the clear outstanding team in it but in their first half against the USA where USA had an early three goal lead it looked like oh maybe the gap has been cut even further between these two nations Uh, turned out in the end that uh, Argentina were uh, clearly the better side and went on I think it was like a 12 goals to one run at the start of the second half to win that game. Yeah exactly and uh, I think with this USA team it's a team that's actually missing a few players uh, in particular Alex Chan who was a real I'd say bright spark for the US in the world championships and o- over the last couple of years uh, based in Spain so he did not make um, the tournament roster. And I believe, as reported by um, John Ryan and Team Humble News, it is some passport-related issues uh, in getting a passport renewal that have stopped him uh, competing in that tournament. Uh, So it's it's a little bit uh, that they've also faced a couple of injuries. Uh, Paul Skropa, a uh, kind of one of their top German-based players. The biter, the, the, the famous <laughs> biter from the World Championship uh, wasn't able to make it uh, due to an injury. But, the, you know, they still have a, a core team uh, with the likes of Abu Fafana, who had the most Abu Fafana game of all time against Cuba, going five from 16. <laughs> but but or five, six, uh, that's six, goal. six from 15. Six, six, six from 15. 15. But but he did score the decisive goal to to finish it off in the end. So you know, it's uh, yeah, six from fifteen. Wow, that uh, that's something. But that 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 really seemed to be the problem for them in that in the first game against Argentina as well, where they were just the shooting percentages were all over the place. You know, uh, and from the positions, I mean, it's one thing if you go forty uh, percent from the backcourt, but. On the line and on the wings, they were like going one from five and one from three and and stuff like that, which is really you know unacceptable at that level. Definitely, and just just watching some uh, uh, this this first half against Uruguay, the decisive game. So uh, USA just before halftime are up fifteen thirteen. Um, this is the decisive game, which would get them into the semi final, which I think would be quite an impressive. Um, feat for them Uh, you know Cuba a a team that has always been uh, kind of impressive although this Cuban team I don't think it had any European based players you know Cuba have had some of their players kind of come into the team and filter in throughout competitions in the past Uh, this time around it didn't look like they had anyone Cuba is such an interesting team I don't know how Cuban handball has developed in the way it has and how they're able to get so technically good they may not be tactically good usually they're they're physically good but this team uh, didn't seem to be you know 
the peak of physicality. They they definitely had some players who didn't look like your um, top, top level player, but somehow they're just a technically unbelievable team in, in a way that, you know, they'll get hit, they'll be falling backwards, but they're able to shoot with a wrist into the top corner, uh, which, you know, is a testament to the, the Cuban school of handball. Um, but beating them um, was, was a big win for the US and uh, Uruguay again, uh, probably the the fourth South American team over the last couple of years behind uh, Brazil, Argentina, and Chile. We we forgot to mention Chile, of course, who have you know that they are still a a team that competes well at World Championships. Um, Uruguay kind of behind them, even though we we might remember Uruguay as one of the most comedic teams in world handball with some hilarious mistakes or uh, sequences in the past. Uh, they're still a good team and um, USA currently up um, and Fafana having a good game. Having a good game. He just scored there to put them up 17-14. Uh, but yeah, what I was going to mention there in live uh, action is that in that game against Cuba uh, Sam Hodderson, the left winger, had an incredible game uh he he had 13 goals uh from 15 attempts which was really impressive really drove usa to that win um he's basically being marked on the wing by uruguay the the defender is just sticking to uh sam on the wing and then what they've realized is abufana cannot go between the one and two defender. Even if there's a three meter gap there, Afafana will still go into the middle. He'll do a fake and he'll he'll try to shoot over. It's the classic, it's like the left back fallacy. It's just like everything in his body is telling him to go into the middle and shoot. It's like it's an optical illusion. There is no space on the left. I don't know who's out there. This is some kind of winger, maybe, but it's nothing I'm interested in. If you listen to our last morning club, this is something that Alex is gonna become more familiar with as he reinvents himself as a left back. Uh, That's it. In the, in the in the years to come what's a winger what's a winger <laughs> that's it what's interesting uh, you know you mentioned that Alex Chan uh, not being in the squad for USA and um, besides that though like we're really seeing this uh, squad uh, become set in stone for Robert Hedin he's he's got a group of players now that he really trusts in um, you know that he's saying okay we're gonna we're gonna take this team uh, with us for the next five years basically until the Olympics uh, some of them like Gary Hines I mean I wouldn't put it past them to be playing in the Olympics in five <laughs> years time at the age of I don't know will he be 45 or so then but uh, besides that there is like uh, like the age profile of the team does fit and uh, you know they they're looking more and more like a, a proper team you have to say and uh, the we, we were so impressed with them back in January at the World Championship with those uh, tight victories that they managed and uh, it looks like that in these games as well against Cuba and Uruguay now they're leading by four at half time that they they have what it takes to to be the best of the rest in Pan America and hopefully for them to try and break into that top two uh, against Argentina and Brazil um, we know that there's only one qualification spot uh, from this tournament into the Olympics uh, next year on the women's side which ha- women's tournament happened just before 
and uh, it was Brazil who uh, took that ticket, beating Argentina in the final. Um, but you you feel like maybe Chile could have a chance, uh, Chile against against Argentina in a semi-final as well on home court in a couple of days' time? I, I think so. I, I haven't been able to to watch uh, any of the of the Chile games, but um, they've they've been quite, you know, they, they've done what they needed to do. They, they beat Dominican Republic and Mexico and not, not the big nations. We'll see what they do uh, later today, actually, against Brazil. That result will be out. Um, by the time this podcast is out, but uh, I think Brazil are are the heavy favourites here. Um, uh, yeah, it's. But again, you know, Brazil Argentina game is always a, a fun one, um, so maybe we'll I'll tune in for that one in the final, as as I would expect. Well, that's I mean that's what's interesting about the semi final, if uh, you know. Chile Argentina is almost like a final in itself because uh, second place in the tournament gets into the Olympic qualifiers, and that I think is the main thing that that both of those teams will be uh, as like a minimum requirement to get into that. Um, if Brazil are going to go and take that uh, top spot, as we expect, but yeah, you never know. Are USA in the semi final against Brazil? That uh, I'd be looking forward to seeing that. They played each other in the pre World Championship. Uh, tournament in Norway, if you remember, back in January. And that wasn't exactly a walkover. You know, Brazil uh, won the game, but they didn't hammer USA. They looked pretty poor, in fact, uh, in that one. So maybe the clash of styles uh, sitting the US there. Anything else you want to you say on the, the Pan Am games before we move on? Yeah, just uh, the, the story of the Argentina bus getting robbed. Uh, on the, on the side of a highway in uh, in Santiago, a uh, little bit of a funny one, posted by uh, Fede Pizarro. Um, they their bags just just the medical bag got stolen, so hopefully yeah. they don't have too many injuries. <laughs> the Argentines are getting a rough time of it over in Chile. The the bus being stolen, uh, Elka Karsten on the women's team getting ridiculous abuse from the Brazilian fans in the final when she got her red card with Brazil 20 goals to 10 up, uh, basically <laughs> jeering her as she made her way off to the, you know, the, the seats where the red cards, red carded players go. Yeah, they seem to be the, the downtrodden team at this Pan American Games. You know, it is good to see that the US uh, continues to progress. And uh, as you mentioned, this team really looks like they know what they're doing. They've been together for a while and that's kind of been a benefit for them in these tight games. They're up. Um, at halftime against Uruguay, 19-15. So looking really good for them. Let's see at the end of the podcast if we, if we have <laughs> further updates. <laughs> maybe maybe yes. not. Maybe <laughs> not. Uh, just one thing as I see the, uh, the players who haven't been playing warm-up on the screen is we have in the US team also a future contender for the random rocket at every championship they're going to be in. Do you know who I'm talking about? Are we talking... Is it Armatovic or uh, exactly Amar Armatovic, <laughs> the uh, who is the definition of a random rocket, and uh, you know he scores some beautiful goals, but he, he's a one out of seven kind of guy. Uh, sometimes he's still very he's very young, and uh, his time will come. But what I love about him is that he just has absolutely no fear. He could miss four shots in a row, but he'll still 
take on that sidearm shot and, and then try he'll and miss put it through the keeper's more. leg. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll score that eighth one. <laughs> he'll score the eighth one. Nobody stops Amar eight times in a row. <laughs> All right, time for our interview with Dan Reid from University of Queensland as he speaks to us right after their last training session before heading over to Saudi Arabia for next week's IHF Superglobe. It's a lovely chance to talk about him and the men's team making their debut at this stage. Dan Reid from University of Queensland Handball Club, about to make their debut at the IHF Superglobe, joins us. Dan, how are you doing? Thanks, guys, for having me. I'm doing great. It's great to be here. It's really nice to have you on, not just uh, because we like to uh, take any opportunity we can uh, when it comes to Superglobe time to talk to the guys from the uh, Australian or, or North American side of things, but also because you are one of our subscribers on Patreon. So it's a double bonus for us. And uh, that makes Alex particularly happy. Absolutely. And I will say that, you know, thank you for subscribing to Patreon, but I don't guarantee every person who subscribes to Patreon will get their own podcast interview. But uh, happy to have you on, Daniel. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I promise that wasn't the intention. I just needed something to listen to at work. And I found you guys. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> that's great. That's another, that's a, yeah, something we can sell the Patreon to. Something to listen to while you're at work. But yeah, it helps to get a, an interview when you're about to play in uh, the Superglobe. And uh, it's a, a really nice story to have a, a new team from Australia qualify. But before we get into all that, Dan, for our listeners, and uh, for when you're listening to yourself then, when it comes out, tell us a little bit about your handball journey. Tell us about yourself, what position you play in, and, and how you found the sport. So um, I, I found the sport in probably the most Australian way possible. Uh, there was a schools comp being run at the time. And uh, I had a friend that was playing at one of the junior clubs. And he was like, hey, came, came to the boys at school and was like, I, there's this comp who wants to play. And uh, so we ended up all joining for that. We, 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 got our, we got our team together. We found a coach from apparently one of the teachers that played it at some stage. So that's how we got involved. And in typical goalkeeper fashion, it was a, it was a thing of uh, – Anyone want a goalkeeper? No one put their hand up. Well, I guess I'll do it. So uh, that that's how I ended up uh, being a goalkeeper. Um, so that's yeah my position. But from there we ended up playing in the tournament and we won. And um, there was a guy there that played on the national team at the time, and he was like, "Hey, come play this amazing sport where you throw a ball into the goal. Um, there's tons of opportunities in it." And yeah, that that's really how I started. I mean, great story. And then from there, I pretty much. Um, decided, hey, I want to take this further. So started training as much as I could, um, reached out, found UQ Handball Club, and they, they really helped me along the way and um, took me for the last four years, just pushed me to be as the best I could, really. That's, so, yeah, that's really how I got into it. <laughs> so it's just been four years of playing handball for you? I think, yeah, 2019. So maybe four and a half, actually. Um, to, I think the tournament was end of 2018. So four and a half years, we'll, we'll say. That's probably... Probably more accurate representation. Uh, that's nice. Four years of playing handball, and then you get a chance to play against Magdeburg in a couple of weeks. That that's pretty nice for some. <laughs> uh, but what about the the club, University of Queensland? Uh, this is probably a team that's not not familiar for most people. Um, we always know as Sydney Uni being the the team that comes out of Australia and plays in the IHF Super Globe. Uh, this year, um, it was Queensland that came through the Australian competition. And I, I do remember that I think Queensland has pushed Sydney Uni 
quite a bit over the last couple of years. So how has the club progressed over time you've been with it? So I think the journey to to, to get here started before I, I, I was here. I was speaking to some of the club committee and they they really said that the, the push was from about 2015, that they really wanted to set the goal. I mean, Sydney Uni was un, undefeatable at um, since like, what, 2012, I think. So they really started pushing for that in 2015. And um, from there, they, they, we've, they've just been trying as hard as possible to do it. I mean, we were able to uh, pick up a, a really good coach um, from Colombia, Juan Diaz, and, and he's been able to take us to, to new heights, um, I, I would say. Um, th- throughout the time that he's been with us. But for, especially in the last few years, we've been so close. I mean, 2019, um, it was we went to overtime and it was um, a one point in it at the end. And I think that really that really broke a lot of the players, like obviously being that close and no one had really been that close to Sydney Uni before. It was a bit brutal, but I, I think it was a very good learning experience um, for, for the team as a whole. And then with COVID happening, um, we lost a few opportunities to play them le- leading um, up to it, obviously. And in 2021, when the tournament was run, unfortunately, in Australia, COVID lockdown hit like the week of. So um, while we ended up winning 2021 club champs, obviously Sydney Uni couldn't be there. And then um, obviously we couldn't leave the country and they didn't play. So it wasn't really a qualifier. So um, Sydney Uni was able to go and they obviously smashed in 2021 and got a really good result in COVID. So that was good for them. And then 2022, brutal year, very brutal year um, where we, we got to the final. And that's all of this bonus podcast we're going to give you. If you're not a subscriber on Patreon, you can listen to the rest of that great chat with Dan Reed, plus our preview of the Super Globe, plus our look forward to a historic occasion for the British men's team, all on our Patreon. And you can subscribe for just one month and try it out uh, for as little as you like we have options there for everyone depending on your budget so come try it out with us experience what our patreon community is all about and if that's not for you this week then that's okay we'll be back next week with another full podcast thank you for listening and talk to you again soon goodbye